welcome to the X-Files on the Grid podcast. I am Rachel. And I'm Tristan. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 13, Beyond the Sea. Uh, So this is going to be a nitty-gritty review of the episode, which means we're going to be going through the uh, Gritty Films television grid rating system. You can find that over at grittyfilms.com slash the grid if you're interested in more information. Uh, But basically, we're just going to be talking about some of the strengths and some of the weaknesses. Uh, It should be exciting for this one. I'm really, really excited to dive in. Uh, But before we do that, we usually like to talk for just a, a brief time about some of our memories or associations or just kind of some general thoughts to, to kick things off. So is there anything, Tristan, that you would like to to add to get us started? Yeah, I remember watching this episode. I remember watching it many, many times because like we've established, we've seen all the first episode, first season episodes many times. I've always uh, thought this was a well-made episode and it's not really one that I like have a hankering to watch every once in a while like some of the other episodes, but it's a good episode, and I'm excited to talk about it. That pretty much sums up all of my thoughts pretty well, too. Um, This is definitely one that I remember watching as a kid, and I'm pretty sure we'll get much more into the details of this later, but I just want to start this this episode by saying this is the episode as, like, a 9 or 10-year-old kid watching it that made me be like, God damn it, Dana Scully is my hero. <laughs> like yeah. she was just man, some good yeah. moments, some good Scully moments in this episode, which we'll get into. Definitely. Um, yeah. So on that note, should we dive right on into the grid? Let's dive in. All right. So I guess we'll start with the mythology and character development, like we always do. Sounds good. Uh, I gave it a pretty high score. Did you have any thoughts? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I'm just, I thought uh, you might. I mean, this is definitely this is the first scully-centric episode we've gotten unless there's one i'm forgetting okay i don't know one i'm forgetting i don't think so like she's been a main part of some of them but i don't know i I can't think of any off the top of my head so i mean we haven't really seen much of her without Mulder. i don't feel this is really i think the first time we we really see her without Mulder for extended periods and kind of doing her own thing and okay. uh i don't know i think it's really interesting the the different directions this episode takes our character because she will definitely get more into this in acting and casting because a lot of it is is just jillian anderson knocking it out of the park but yeah. i mean the the directions the story takes her character is is all over the place and it's really the first time not really this is definitely the first time we see a situation where Scully believes and Mulder does not, right. which are some of my favorite episodes. So in that regard, the mythology aspect as well is kind of enhanced or at least taken in a different direction or you know, experimented sure, yeah. with. And then and then character development, just everything this episode does for, for Scully. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I agreed. Um, it doesn't advance the uh, overall mythology very much, but the character development... Yeah, definitely. It adds a lot of depth and detail to uh, Dana Scully, including uh, her dad and the uh, Captain Starbuck relationship, yeah. which kind of shows up a few times throughout the series. Just little details like that and, and just seeing her her family. And it really develops the characters, especially Dana Scully. All right. Well, you said you gave it a, a high score. I'm guessing mine's higher. What did you give it? a nine i gave it a perfect 10 yeah I, I knew you would like this episode mostly for the character stuff it's just great and even like i said even within the mythology like my my favorite episodes are the ones where scully believes in Mulder doesn't and it's that's not true. i mean that's playing a little loose with the mythology because it's not like you said it doesn't really add to the overall mythology but as far as what you can do within the mythology it kind of yeah. breaks some ground so I kind of, that, that okay, contributed sure. to Perfect 10 for me. And even with, with Mulder, anytime we can see him as a skeptic, I feel like it enhances his girl. He's not just this gullible guy, it's like, right. which we've seen before this episode. That's not unique to this episode. We get this side of Mulder that we've seen before, but it enhances it a little bit. And then we just get this side of Scully we have not seen yet, where she's believing in, in something she should not be believing in by, you know, it's not logical, it's not scientific. Right. And, and reluctantly. 
She's very reluctant to believe this. Yeah. And in the end, she kind of talks herself out of it. So Right. And that scene is fantastic because she even admits she's like, I'm afraid to believe. And so that now we have that Mulder wants to believe. Scully is afraid to believe. So even in that, that actually contributes to the mythology as well. Where it's like, okay, now we kind of know their viewpoints a little bit better. I just think it's great. So many great things happening in this episode. Yeah. All right. So that's going to bring us to the plot structure and pace. What did you think of this category? This one, I gave it a perfect 10. Okay. Because I was looking at like the writers and the director and all that. And these are people who've done a ton of X-Files episodes even before this one. So I thought maybe there was like some new person who joined the team. And they this, that's why this episode is so different. I don't know why this episode is so different. But this is a very slow episode. There's a lot of scenes where it's two people in a room talking and there's a lot of close-ups on faces. There's very little action. There's very little, like, like you're waiting for someone to jump out of the shadow. There's very little going on, but it didn't seem at all slow to me. It didn't feel like anything was too slow or too rushed. It just felt, felt just right for this kind of story. And I also liked that the whole time I was never really sure does Mulder believe? Does Scully believe? Are they going to change opinions? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, is is he actually psychic or is he orchestrating it all? Is he just guessing because they've known each other for a long time and he knows what the other guys are going to do? I don't really know. And I think it does a good job of kind of playing around with that as well. Yeah. So it, despite this being possibly one of the slowest episodes in terms of chase scenes and uh, scare scenes and things like that. It's just people talking in a small dimly lit room. And yet I, I, I think the pace was great and the structure was great. I think it was perfect. All right. I have very similar thoughts. I definitely think that the plot structure is amazing. Like so much of this episode just relies on, like you said, people sitting in a room talking and yet it it carries everything along yeah perfectly and i love like what you were saying about about boggs where it's like is this guy crazy is he genuine is it both is he manipulating them is he is it a combination can he is he manipulating them but he also has like, like how much of this is bullshit if any and how much of this is genuine if any right we never no i think he was i think there was something genuine there there really seems yeah i think it was playing that up especially with the special effects and seeing the ghosts and stuff so i think that like he said when he was you know on death death's doorstep or whatever something changed in him the the one thing that i didn't like uh does come with the pace it did feel a little bit too slow at times mostly the one scene where i was kind of like okay let's maybe speed it up a little is the scene um and it's brilliantly acted and and on a first watch i think it would be a really riveting scene but on a rewatch when you know where it's headed it's kind of like okay let's speed it up is the scene where he's got like the Knicks t-shirt thing yeah. and he's like you know doing his whole Hamming thing yeah and it's i mean it's like a several minutes long monologue like it's and it's really well performed and it's important to the plot of the episode like everything works really well but when you know it's like okay come on we know that it's right once you know the punchline you don't need to hear the whole setup right so but then i don't know but then it just goes back to like but what he's describing is real so maybe he just doesn't need a conduit maybe yeah sure you know so you know, it still is interesting. It just went a little bit long. So for that, I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. It's just because there were a few things that on a rewatch when you know where it's headed. It's kind of, okay, a little, a little faster. Okay. So 9.5 out of 10. Pretty damn close to perfect. Yeah, so I, I pretty, pretty much agree with you. I'm really excited to get to the next subcategory within this. And that's outer goals and emotional needs. I could go on a rant for a really long time about this. So why don't you go first? What do you have to say about Um, this one? Well, first of all, I gave it a perfect 10. Because you got three main people. You got Mulder, you got Scully, you got Boggs. They all have outer goals. They all have inner needs. It's all pretty clear to me, it seems. It was all like front and center. That's what this episode is about. Some of, I mean, there's a little bit of like, I don't know, there's so many things going on. But it's really about the characters and their 
them interacting with each other and acting off of each other. And I don't even know how to put it into words. Yeah. Uh, they really focused on that. And I think that they did a great job and I'm sure you will uh, fill in the details of what I'm trying to say. I, I definitely agree with everything you said. And I definitely, the whole time I was watching this episode, I was kind of like, okay, for a long time, or for the last like 12 episodes, I've been thinking to myself, am I being too hard on this category? Because I don't think, I could be wrong, but I think this is the first perfect 10 I've given. Maybe the pilot, but I don't even think that one did. I think that one was in the nines, maybe. Okay. Um, so I'm like, maybe I'm just being too stingy. I don't know. Maybe I need to, like, not be so hard on it. And I was like, ah, like, it just feels like something's missing from these other episodes that could enhance it. And then we get to this episode. I'm like, I was not being too stingy. This is what a perfect 10 looks like. <laughs> It is particular. I mean, like you said, everybody has very clear outer goals. Everybody has emotional needs, but really, and especially, I mean, Boggs does have a very interesting, you know, he wants to not die. Like that's his outer goal. He even says so. Exactly. (laughs) Don't underestimate my fear of dying. Exactly. And his emotional need is to come to terms with that fear. Like, so, I mean, that is, is very interesting, but Scully's man, it is perfect like she has an outer goal find the kidnapped kids bring them home safe keep them alive whatever you know outer goal bam and then she has like this other outer goal that's kind of an emotional need it's kind of a little bit of both where it's like okay she has to like come to terms with her father's death right it's more of an outer goal than an emotional need but very rooted in emotions but then behind that is the emotional need of you know, she, she says several times, like, was he proud of me? Like, she just wants to know, like, you know, right. did I know these choices weren't what he wanted for me, but did it make him proud anyway? Like, she just wants to know that. And then by the end of the episode, kids are found, and she comes to terms with the death as much as you can with the death that early on. And, you know, we have that great scene with Mulder and Scully at the end where she's like, I don't need to, like, I already know what he was going to say because he was my father. Right. So she has that emotional closure of like, okay, I know he was proud of me. I get that now. Yeah. It's great. It's perfect. I didn't quite connect that scene to the emotional closure that she was seeking. But yeah, that totally is. And like, it obviously is. What was I thinking? How did I not see that? (laughs) What about the uh, genre cliches and tropes? This one, I had a little bit of a hard time with. I did give it a high score regardless but I do, I think, I think what did it for me, like the, the tropes are, are very, not quite cliche, but very well used of the, you know, you've got this person, he says he is, you know, whether it be psychic or can communicate with the dead, whatever, some person with some sort of right clairvoyance or something, someone's going to disbelieve it, someone's going to believe him, who's right, like that's a very... And we see it over and over again, even within X-Files. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it comes up a lot. That's why Scully's there, to debunk him. Right. <laughs> and, and I mean, with other shows, I mean, there's been South Park episodes about, like, it goes, you know, every direction of, you know, parody to serious to whatever. Like, it's, sure. it's a very well-used trope. So that kind of kept it a little bit lower. I still, I guess I'll say, I'll give it a nine. You know, so I, I kept it from being perfect, but it still scored very, very high and higher than some of the other episodes, um, or at least some of the other X-Files storylines, I should say, that utilize the same trope, because it's a little hit and miss with X-Files. But I thought it was it was well used in this one, and the way it was used to show Mulder as a skeptic and Scully as the believer, right. well, especially since that's the first time we've ever seen it, like, it was a great... And it was so rooted in emotions with the death of her father. Like, it was really just the perfect storm of, although in this case, the perfect storm is a good thing, I guess. <laughs> of, uh, I don't know, just it, it was the right recipe for what this, what we needed for these characters at this point in the series. Yeah. So I still gave it a 9 out of 10. Sounds but right. but it's still pretty tropey. So that kind of kept it from the perfect time. Like, haven't I seen this somewhere? Yes, many, many times. <laughs> so that's kind of my take with this category. Okay, that sounds... Well thought out. <laughs> that was meant as a compliment. That that kind of once I said that, it seems like like well, you tried <laughs> or something like that. But that that yeah, I agree with that. Um, I did bump this one up a little bit because we saw Mulder the skeptic and 
Scully the believer or begrudging believer, but then not really because she talked herself out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> ha ha, audience. <laughs> um, I thought that was really cool. I gave it a slight bump for that, but I bumped it up a lot because I think it did a really good job of, like I said earlier, I don't know if he's the manipulator mastermind or if he's just some poor sucker who could now like sense the dead and he's tormented by it. Yeah. I don't know. And I think it did a really good job of, of planting doubt, but then also having planting evidence, I guess. So I, I gave it a nine out of 10 outstanding. All right. We're uh, really in agreement with this, uh, with these writing categories. Uh, I kind of, am guessing we potentially got the same thing for this next one too. Uh, dialogue. Uh, well, we're going to come back to this when it comes to the next subcategory acting and casting. Because there's a lot of overlap uh, yeah. with that one. Absolutely. But yeah, I gave this a perfect 10. There's not a lot of the Mulder Scullyisms back and forth that we that we all have come to know and love. But just the dialogue from Boggs is just just amazing. And and it's so different than any of the, the ways that other people talk. He has like a I don't know, like a southern like way of talking not necessarily an accent maybe it is that but like his speech like yeah, this like word a, choice like a drawl and a yeah a certain colloquialism colloquialisms yeah. yeah i think that's what it is i don't know i couldn't quite place it but the, yeah the dialogue was just i i can't think of any anything that it was lacking it yeah. lacked nothing at all i absolutely agree i also gave it a 10 uh, it, you're right. It doesn't have the the Mulder Scullyisms, but not every episode needs the like witty banter back and forth. And this episode is just so steeped in emotions and yeah. the, the characters, which I just love. Like, like I love the witty banter too. I love seeing that side of Mulder and Scully. But like this episode, just just like with you know Mulder the skeptic, Scully the believer, like we see so many different sides of these characters like we hear Mulder calling Scully Dana for the first time and she even calls him out on it. she's like Dana like she knows <laughs> what he's doing you know like we see that side of like right and him trying to be like nurturing like we see him several times like you should probably take some time off and he's trying to we get some nice shipper moments where he's like you know trying to console her like those are great the scene with Scully and her parents in the beginning yeah. That was great. Like, even just, I thought of this, not while we were watching it, but, like, right after as I was, not, like, after I filled out the grid, even, it kind of popped into my head of, like, like, we see, I don't know if defiance is the right word, and even rebellion doesn't quite seem right, but she just kind of, I guess it is rebellion, though, like, she seems to have this innate need to go against what her parents expect <laughs> of her. Which is so interesting because she has this emotional need of like, I need to know that they accept my choices. But she also, right. again, like it's not like, you know, they remind us of what they told us in the pilot of like, oh, her parents, especially her dad, you know, disapproved of her leaving medicine to pursue the FBI. But then you also have just the, the little touch. And it's how you start the episode of the, the dad making some sort of like snide comment of like, oh, you're going to leave your Christmas tree up all year? She's like, well, you always made us take it down right away. So I'm leaving it up. Like, yeah. And so even that just seems like, like, well, you did things this way. I'm going to do things that way. Right. And I even felt like, and this is definitely dipping into acting and casting, but I don't want to forget. I even feel like her performance there kind of had this like, like ugh, he's just he's disapproving of me again, but I'm gonna be strong and independent and do my own thing. Like okay. there was like this double sided performance of like like a hint of disappointments, and yet she was like standing her ground and being witty and clever. I don't know, it was just brilliant. I really liked it. And the scene I could just keep going on. The dialogue was so good. Yeah, I'll just give this one more example, and then I think we get the point. But the <laughs> the scene at the end that I was talking about earlier, like the yeah. whole like. You know, why, why wouldn't you believe? Like, well, I was afraid to believe. And you, you would think for sure, like she would, you know, I was waiting for, even after seeing the episode, I had forgotten that that was her response. I was waiting for her to be like, well, it's just not logical. Or like, oh, there's, you know, look at all this evidence or something like that. And then she just straight up was like, I'm afraid to do that. So I didn't. It's like, oh, 
that's a very honest response. You know, like it's, it's great. Yeah. And Mulder didn't have like an, I told you so, or anything like that. It was, I, I don't even know if he said anything. He just kind of put his hand on her shoulder or something. Well, he said, um, like, and you couldn't face that fear as I think is how he responded. And I forget huh. what she said after that, but yeah, it's just great. Oh, and we also have, I lied. There was one more thing. The first time it was, I think it's the first time where we get the, after all you've seen, <laughs> we've got twice in this episode <laughs> yeah and they're great reversals too it's like the first one he's like after all you've seen this is what you choose to believe yeah in. and then yeah. at the end like after all you've seen why can't you believe <laughs> you pill <laughs> i love it it's so good classic butthead molder <laughs> right, so i think we're in agreement it's a perfect time for dialogue i'll i'll shut up now because i've been going on too long it was so good so my total for the writing category was 9.6 outstanding. Very close to mine. 9.7 outstanding. Ooh. One of the highest yet, I think. Yeah, definitely for me. All right. So that's going to bring us to the technical categories. The first one we've already hinted at. Uh, another one I'm pretty sure we're going to be the same on. Acting and casting. Oh, man. <laughs> Who should go first? Uh, well, I guess... I guess you should take this one first. All right, well, I definitely, this probably isn't going to come as a surprise to anybody, but I definitely gave this one a perfect 10. Yeah, if it was just like, if I, I almost, this is one of those rare times where I was like, I'm so tempted to go to 11, but that's once you start making things up, that makes the grid useless. So I yeah. didn't, but I'm like, I would have given it a perfect 10 just for Boggs. Yeah. Or I would have given it a perfect 10 just for Julian Anderson. Yeah. Like, they were both so on point. And especially, I forgot to, you were looking up his, his IMDb page earlier. Did you happen to remember his name? Um, Brad Dorif. Okay. Um, I'm so bad at, like, pulling people's names, but he... That guy has been in a ton of things, too. I believe it. He's so good. And just, anytime, I'm a sucker for, for things like this, where anytime a... An actor can play multiple characters, essentially. I mean, yeah. he basically, I mean, not basic. Like, he, I don't know, he essentially had, like, multiple personalities as far, yeah. as, far as... Or he's being possessed by different people. Or, yeah, yeah, just basically that, as far and, as acting goes, right? Yeah, and man, he pulled it off. Yeah. Like, especially when he, towards the, the end, when he starts to channel Scully's dad, he's like, you know, hi, Starbuck, and then he, like you know, sh literally like shakes it off and it's like, nope. But yeah. Like, it's like when, his face turns super red and he's like, there's that. Yeah. There's the physicality there. And then right before that, when he was channeling the dad, I'm like, he looks like the actor. I don't know how they did it. There's <laughs> something about the way he looked at her or there was, it was incredible. Like before he even said anything, it's like, Oh, yep. He's there. I can see it yeah. without him even saying anything. Yeah. It was, Oh my God. It was incredible. Yeah, I totally agree. This guy is just like an insane with his acting. Yeah. And just like tears would start flowing. Yeah. And and just like, oh man, everything about it was just just a perfect 10. I don't know how else to say it. And and like you said, he was perfect 10 and Julian Anderson oh also like just right there. Oh yeah. The whole time. And and this episode depends so much on that. Mm -hmm. And I, f I feel like that that seems like such a big risk. Oh, yeah. To, to have it so character driven and have such intense acting and have such a uh, a, a um, uneventful plot, I guess. Or, or uh, That's one way to look at it. Maybe not uneventful, but not hi high adrenaline. Yeah. Slow. Uh, it's like this. All these all seem just like such huge risks. And. I, I think almost all of it comes down to Boggs. I, I almost wonder if they had like a different script and then they cast him and they're like, oh my God, we got to go further with this. I think I would not just, be surprised if that happened. I don't know though, because I think they just had a really good casting director. I looked up his name when we did the pilot and it's the same casting director throughout the whole series. And I think, I think they just know who to cast and they hmm. find the right people i don't know yeah I, I keep trying to find like why is this episode so different i mean I and think, so good in a way that x-files episodes 
usually aren't trying to be good at. I think just what it comes down to is the focus on Scully. I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I think she's amazing. And yeah. any episode that focuses on her, I'm probably going to like slightly more than episodes that focus on Mulder. I love Mulder, too. Sure. But like I said at the beginning, like this is the episode where I was like, Scully's my hero. That was amazing. Like just the which is weird because like, I don't know that she did anything super heroic in the episode, but I think it's just. I think the scene that did it is when she she's like yelling at Bog, like, you know, if Mulder dies, I'm going to flip the switch yeah. or like that, like over the top, but in a good way, like just raw emotion, pure anger. But then by the end of that, like, even just within that scene, she goes through so many emotions because she's like yeah. yelling and, and, you know, doing that, that side of Scully. We haven't seen that high energy, pure emotion, anger that we see glimpses of every now and then, but not too often. Yeah. So I, I love seeing that side of Scully. And, but then we also see like just the emotional side. I mean, she's grieving the death of her father through this. And then she's trying to figure out, do I believe this guy? Do I not? Is he manipulating me? Am I being gullible? Like, right. I mean, she just plays the entire gambit. Like she's got shock in there, sadness, grief, anger, yeah. like gratitude. Like just, I'm just naming emotions now, but that's because <laughs> she's just all over like, <laughs> every emotion you can think of and she does it so well and and jumps from one to the other yeah. so well like it's man this is the episode that that solidifies her as a like like if i was watching this and it was new in the 90s and i was where i'm at now obviously not a five-year-old kid because that's how old i was when this was first new but yeah. if i was watching this now i'd be like she is someone to keep an eye on that was amazing yeah i don't think i was there with any of the other episodes she's still amazing there's strong performances but Anyway, uh, yeah. So acting and casting, perfect end. <laughs> yeah. Easily. Oh yeah. And and I I got to think that this is the one that that this one like bumps every single other category up by one point for me, or, or at least it, it like pushes everything in that direction. If the acting or the casting fell flat, then I think this whole thing would have just been. Oh yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat. Especially with Boggs, like yeah, yeah if they had gotten somebody not very talented it would have been awful yeah it would have been comically bad so uh the cinematography do you have much to say about that i do have a lot to say about the cinematography okay this is aside from the pilot i think some of the most x-files cinematography okay so we've seen a lot of x-files lighting up until this which is a big yeah. part of cinematography so i guess i guess what i just said is only half true but as far as like camera movements and mise-en-scene and like, you know, the more yeah the, the camera work side of the cinematography, there's just some great, great stuff. Like there's a shot where it's Scully in the hotel room and she's just like staring yep. straight on it, like starts with like a, a tilt up and, you know, and then there's like a flash frame of the dad. It's, oh, yeah. Classic X-Files. I love it. I love it. And in that scene... Uh, she's sitting like with her back to the bed and, and the the room behind her is like shaped around the bed. So it's it's sort of like the, the side walls are very close together. So it's framed by like these two side walls and the back wall behind her. And all three of those had like pictures and it was like super symmetrical. And yeah. I think all three of those pictures were like paintings of boats on water. I think you're right. I yeah. know one of them was. Yeah. Yeah. But you see it for just like, not even a full second and then they show that that quick flash of her father and then they kind of pan away real quickly and yeah and there's so many little details like that little scenes where everything is like super symmetrical or or whatever it just has, it gives the whole thing like a kind of a weird vibe yeah absolutely to jump in and take over your uh, what you were saying no that's that's a perfect continuation um and even the the lighting was really good like there was a lot of great like really high contrast scenes and just uh just just great all of it was great I actually I had originally given it a 9.5 and I don't know what was keeping me from a perfect I think I was thinking it was missing some stuff in the lighting but there were there was a lot of like really high contrast there was a lot going on so yeah there was I, a lot of like abandoned warehouses and stuff and then even yeah. in the prison it was uh, I don't know not as much but yeah yeah, I'm giving it a perfect 10 because the more I talk about it, the more I realize how much I like it. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I'm not sure why I didn't give it a 10 out of 10. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. 
All right. Well, what did you think about the editing and special effects then while you're pondering cinematography? This one, I also gave a nine out of 10. Okay. And those, those quick flashes, yeah. uh, I included that in this uh, subcategory. Yeah. Um, there, there were special effects in the, uh, like the ghost figures um, when he was in the chair, but I didn't see many special effects other than that, but I just thought the editing was like, like with those little flash scenes and things were just really well done. Uh, yeah, it was outstanding. What do you have to All add? Right. Um, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10, which is the lowest I've given anything so far. And I think a lot of it comes down to, well, first of all, I'm not sure how I would have preferred it to be done if it was to be done differently, but the, I don't know, the black and white, like flashback scenes. Yeah. I just feel like maybe something else, but then I, I don't know, it might've looked silly in color, but I just, there was just something in those scenes that I feel like, I mean, obviously a lot of that comes down to, to like cinematography and the, right. you know, to actually how it was shot. But I feel like editing played a big part where it just felt like it could have been a little creepier or a little... Yeah. Something. I'm talking about the scene where he's like walking down the hallway and there's all the souls. And... Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I noticed that they used like a weird camera lens or something because it had yeah. like a slight fisheye thing to it. So it was, it was a little creepy, but I guess that they could have gone further or. I almost or... right now when I'm, maybe it's not a problem with the editing. Maybe I feel like, because it was supposed to be like, like, especially the, um, like when he was in the chair or like eating the last meal, I guess it was. And like his oh, family, yeah. I feel like, and I mean, it's a TV show. You can't get super graphic. So I get it. But like if they had looked the way they looked when they died. Right. Someone has a fork sticking out of their head or. A, or something. Yeah. yeah. Just like maybe, I mean, not that things need to be gory to be scary, but I think that might've helped with the emotional weight or, or at least help us and as an audience realize how, how, bad he was i mean not that obviously he murdered his whole family over thanksgiving dinner we don't even need to see anything sure. and we know that's bad but i feel like they did such a good job of like i don't even want to use the word empathetic but like they just they give him a lot of depth and i feel like it would have complicated things in a good way if we saw just how bad he was and like what he did but okay. it's a tv show and a tv show in the 90s at that on basic cable i get it so maybe maybe knocking it down and editing. I don't know that that was necessarily fair. Because now that I'm talking about it out loud, I'm realizing what I wanted to be different. Well, they show blood splatters and things like that. Yeah. But I'm assuming he murdered them pretty violently. Yeah. Because like okay. blood splatter fair on enough. the ground is different than blood, especially for like... Yeah, I guess that's true. It's always like on some object. Right. Like you can see a puddle of blood and it can be a huge puddle of blood. And that's fine and dandy. But someone with a slashed throat, now you have context. Now it's not okay to the censors. Totally makes sense. <laughs> but I am going to bump editing and special effects up. Because now that I've talked about that a little bit more, um, I don't know if I should knock down another score. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that when we get to it. Uh, but I'm going to go up to nine for editing special effects. I still feel like it could have gone farther in, in some ways. Maybe have more flashes or I don't know. I feel like there was still something that could have... It's not perfect, I guess. But 9 out of 10. It's still strong. Not that 8.5 wasn't, but... <laughs> no, it's stronger. Yeah. What about the sound and music? This one I had a hard time with. I originally gave it a little bit of a lower score. By a little bit of a lower score, I mean, I think it was like an 8.5. Um, so it wasn't low, but I was kind of like, do I even remember, like, a score? And right. You know, there are some sound effects in there which give it something. Like, I think every time we have, like, a not a flashback, but when we see his visions or whatever, there's a little bit of a sound there, I think. So, yeah, but then I ended up bumping up the score once I considered how integral the song Beyond the Sea is to this episode. Yeah. And how well, like, the various times we hear it play in. Yep. Um, so then I ended up giving it a 9.5. I, I also had a hard time deciding on this one. I wasn't sure if it was a 9 or a 10. And I went back and forth a few times. Part of it was that I, I do like how they used uh, Beyond the Sea. They used it like in so many different ways. And it's like the perfect song. 
yeah. for her dad and and all the things that are going on with the afterlife and and just just everything just perfect choice of a song and like you said they used it perfectly um whenever it showed up um i also noticed that there was very little music in this yeah. and then the music that they had wasn't like the creepy crawly music or the high adrenaline music it was kind of uh very low key almost like a spooky sound well, not even really spooky soundtrack i don't know i don't know how to describe it it, it was like barely noticeable and there were several scenes that were like several minutes long with just talking with no music at all. Yeah. And and that's that stood out as something different. And I think that's no music is the perfect music for a lot of this episode. Yeah. And that's why I had to bump it up to a 10 out of 10. All right. Sounds good. All right. So that's going to bring us to aesthetics. And this is one... Now I'm debating. I gave it a very high score for a lot of different reasons, but now I'm debating if I should lower it because maybe the souls at the end should have, I don't know, had some, yeah. some gore makeup or something. But I don't know if that's fair. Um, what I loved about the aesthetics, though, is I feel like even with the the aesthetics, this is starting to feel more like X-Files. I feel right. I'm probably wrong on this, but like, have we ever even seen one of their cell phones before this episode? Was this the debut of the cell phone? No, we've seen a few. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'll take your word for it, because I don't remember seeing them before this. But regardless, like, we've got the cell phone, we've got Scully and her black leather driving gloves or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't think her strangling bad. gloves. <laughs> And even like, like she's got like a weird black leather jacket on for half yeah. the episode, which I kind of liked because I, I don't know if that was supposed to be like an official FBI jacket because it was kind of that style. But then I don't think I saw the logo on it anymore. Yeah, but it totally feels like X Files. Yeah. So yeah, just even things within the aesthetics. I'm like, this episode That's kind true. of doesn't feel stuck in the '90s. Well, I mean the cell phone, but. <laughs> yes, you know. yeah you have to pull out that uh <laughs> antenna. oh, those, did you know those were fake they were just pieces of plastic the was, antennas yeah oh yeah because people thought phones wouldn't work without antennas yeah it was totally placebo effect it was, it was completely fake it was a piece of plastic wire that's all it was i think that's funny <laughs> but yeah so i gave i gave aesthetics a perfect 10 which i'm really kind of thinking maybe i should knock down to a 9.5 yeah i'm gonna do it just because I feel like those scenes with the, especially the family, I was like, what is this scene missing? And even though I know they couldn't get away with that much because it was TV, they could have tried something. I don't know. I think it would have helped the episode. I think it would have added something really interesting. So I'm going to go 9.5 for aesthetics. Okay. Well, that's close to the score I gave it. Um, I also really like that scene where Scully has like her long black coat and her strangling gloves, or <laughs> I guess driving gloves is what they're called, whatever. Um, I don't even know if that's what they're called. I don't know what driving gloves are. No, I think that's about right. She wore them while driving. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like that. I didn't really realize that that's what I think of when I think of X-Files and, and them running around doing their FBI stuff. Like that's what I that's the kind of thing I I think of not uh, the earlier episodes with uh, her her denim shirts or uh, Mulder's olive uh, pants or whatever. You're yeah. right. This does look very X Files, like what I would see in season seven. Yeah. 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 That's true. Uh, I knew it felt right and I liked it, but I, I didn't quite connect that. Um, so I really like that. I also just really like the, the abandoned warehouse and the, the boathouse and, and all those things. Yeah. Uh, the abandoned brewery. Those are always amazing. X-Files has always done that well from season one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From the first time we see them to the last time we see them. I really liked how the, the jail cell looks and the interrogation room and all that. It's kind of bland and drab, but it was totally appropriate. And yeah, outstanding. Nine out of ten for me. All right. So what was your total then for the technical category? A little bit less than writing. It was a 9.4. Mine was also slightly less than writing with a 9.6. We're okay. pretty on point with this one. 
or pretty, yeah. uh, that's not the right term, uh, pretty in sync. So what did you, I had a hard time with this category, so I'm curious to know what you feel. Uh, how do you feel about the memorability of this episode? This one is kind of hard for me. I remember all the important things. I remember Boggs. I remember Scully's dad dying. Oh, I forgot to mention him in act, uh, acting and casting. He's played a similar character in other I series. Really yeah. <laughs> uh, like Twin Peaks. Yeah. He was in the Air Force, I think, in that one. But anyway, so yeah, I, like once you jog my memory, I remember it all, like many of the other episodes. But yeah, it's just not one that. Like when you mention X-Files, this is not the first episode that pops into mind. Okay. So even though everything else has gotten nines and tens for memorability, I give it a seven. Exceeds expectations. Because I do remember it. And I remember really liking it. And I remember, uh, you know, Mulder with his little scrap of t-shirt. Uh, like I remember a lot of little scenes. and But but yeah, I've got to jog my memory. I'm not going to remember it spontaneously. Okay. I have pretty similar thoughts. I don't really know what to say about this category because I remember this episode. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as we saw Beyond the Sea, I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. Like I can play the entire opening scene in my head. Like I, I remember that. I can play a lot of scenes with Boggs in my head. Remember that. Um, but then there was also like half the episode, it seemed, where I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I guess I remember some of this. Like it's, yeah. it was a little bit, a little hit and miss. But I feel like I remembered all the important things. Right. So uh, for that reason, I gave it an eight point five out of ten. I was okay. really, I was kind of anywhere between like the seven and nine range. I really was bouncing back and right. forth. Um, but I felt like I, like I said, I remembered all the important things, and it's one of those ones where as soon as soon as I hear the title. That's all I need. And I've got all these important scenes in my head, you know, because a lot of these, yeah. a lot of these earlier episodes, like we talked about this with Conduit, where it's like, which one is that? And then you see like this, a still of the episode or you read the yeah. description. It's like, okay, now I can play all the, all the scenes yep. in my head. But with this one, all I need is a title. I'm like, I, I hear the song in my head. I see the scenes. I know what's going to happen. There's a lot of stuff I didn't remember, but I remember all the important stuff and I remembered that I like it. And then it's a Scully centric episode. Like there, there was a lot, I don't know. I felt like I remembered what I needed to remember to be like, okay, that's one that I would go back and watch just to watch. Yeah. So 8.5 out of 10 for me. Okay. Well that leads us into the overall enjoyment category. You said you would watch this one just to watch it. You oh, just absolutely. feel like it. Yeah. I love this episode and I can't remember if I said this explicitly or if I just hinted at it, but this is, my favorite kind of X-Files episode in every regard. I love the episodes where Scully's a believer and Mulder's a skeptic. Some of my favorites. I love the episodes that are character driven. Some of my favorites. Like all okay. of these things. I love episodes with ambiguity in general, not just with X-Files. Right, I love right. ambiguity. This episode's got tons of that. Like it just has all of my favorite elements sprinkled in and poured in sometimes like, <laughs> yeah. know, like just it's, like douse it just pour it on like yeah. syrup on a sundae <laughs> exactly it's just syrup on syrup I, I was thinking chocolate syrup. i was thinking maple syrup i, I, like, I was what? thinking but that's chocolate on sundaes and syrups on pancakes and i just smashed it all together i mean chocolate syrup that's not wrong um but yeah it just has all of my favorite elements and um, i do feel like that said it's still not um what am i trying to say i would still go for like some of the monster of the week episodes before i'd go for this one unless i was specifically in the mood for like i want a character i miss Mulder and scully i want a character driven episode right versus like there's different kinds of moods for wanting to watch x-files yeah. like, there's that kind of mood so that's what i was gonna ask like is this like a, a pick-me-up or like... yeah, it's not a pick-me-up uh Maybe like a, there's all kinds of different moods that make me want to Or you to want to be inspired. I, I was going to say, yeah, if I, if I want to write something character driven, I might, I might watch this for inspiration okay. or, um, or if I just want to see Scully, I, I was going to say see Scully kick ass and she doesn't even do, I mean, she does, she takes the charge and, and, you know, finds the guy, like she, she does a lot in this episode. Right. She has agency. She's doing a lot, but like, I don't know if I just want to see Scully at her best. I would watch this episode. Okay. But if I want to see 
Mulder and Scully went, eh, not this one. If I want to see Monster of the Week, eh, not this one. Like, there's different kind of moods. Sure. And this isn't going to hit all the moods. Yeah, obviously, um, of course. Yeah, but but when I'm in just the right mood, this is a great one to watch. So for, for all those reasons, I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. I considered giving it a perfect 10, but like I said, like, you got to be in just the right mood for an episode like this, for me at least. Whereas with, like, a Monster of the Week episode... I can easily give those a perfect 10 because it really doesn't matter what my mood is. I can watch a good <laughs> sure. Monster of the Week episode and it'll make my day every time. Like, squeeze any day. Sure, I'll sit down and watch it. You know, Eve, sure, I'll sit down and watch it. You know, and sure. certainly some of the later ones, all the funny episodes, those ones, oh, yeah. I'll sit down and watch Perfect 10 Enjoyability any day of the week. Uh, but because I have to be in a specific kind of mood to watch this one, kept it from a Perfect 10. Okay. But still 9.5. Really close to perfect. Okay. Well, I also um, enjoy this one, but it's not... I think I would feel the urge to watch it in fewer situations than even you would. <laughs> uh, in fewer moods. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's a wonderfully crafted episode. Yes. It's very well done. Um, in every way, writing, technical, all of them, nines and tens. But it's not something where, like, if I wanted to pick me up or if I was just feeling like a vague X-Files nostalgia, I would not turn to this episode. If I wanted to laugh, I would not turn to this episode. That's fair. But it, it, there was nothing that, that, that I disenjoyed. Uh, and, and I always enjoy a well-crafted anything, really. X-Files episode, movie, whatever. So I gave it a 7 out of 10, exceeds expectations. All right. Fair enough. Um, on that note, then, any extra credit for this episode? I gave it one point. Did you give it any points? I did. I gave it two points. All right. I guess I'll go first in case there's any overlap. Okay. I gave it one point for something that we both noticed very early on. It was a callback to a previous episode, Mulder's NICAP hat. <laughs> yeah that's right it was a very subtle little detail it was just kind of there in the background but not like two in the background it's not hard to miss and uh that uh that was just a nice little thing i'm gonna give it a point of extra credit for that all right uh, that is not actually what i gave extra credit for the first point of extra credit i i actually added this as we were talking about it blatant double dipping but I gave an extra point of extra credit for Brad Dorth. Yeah. He was so good. Like I said, I, I wanted to give acting and casting an 11 because oh, he yeah. was great. Julian Anderson was great. 10 is not enough points for acting and casting for this episode. So I gave it an extra point um, and extra credit for, I guess for both, like just, just acting and casting because I couldn't give an 11. <laughs> I gave extra credit because it was so good. And then I gave a second point of extra credit um, just for the, the sheer number of firsts we get in this episode. Okay. Like, it's the first time we see family members for either Mulder or Scully. Like, so we see a different side of Scully because we see her family for the first time. We get like the first real shipper moment between Mulder and Scully, aside from their introduction in the pilot, where like he's you know right. consoling her and he like brushes her face really gently, and there's like this nice. I'm not even a big like Mulder Scully shipper thing. Like I've always been like, oh, right. they're platonic. Um, but there's still closeness there. There's closeness. And, and there's still a chemistry there, even if it's not necessarily like the sexually charged thing right. in my mind. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me. Sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's just a nice moment there where we just see a different side of their relationship or a deeper side or whatever, you know, Mulder calling Scully Dana for the first time. Right. Like, there's so many things in this episode, the skeptic believer, a lot of stuff I've already talked about quite a bit, but there were just so many things that this episode did that was, that were just bursts for X-Files that I really think opened the door for a lot of storylines and a lot of character development, a lot of mythology, yeah. like just really uh, was the first step in, in, making this show something deeper for fans and something more meaningful. Like, it just really is the foundation for, for the emotional core of X-Files. I think aside from the pilot, I guess that would be the true foundation. And then this is the first step up from there, whatever sure. that is, the drywall or something. <laughs> I don't know. Rebar. I, there we go. Rebar. This is the rebar sticking up from the foundation. 
Um, Perfect analogy or metaphor or whatever. It's all <laughs> of them. Yeah. That reminds me. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, that was my two points of extra credit. Okay. That reminds me of something. I took a note of this, but I forgot to mention it during the acting and casting. So do we have like two minutes for a quick little rant? Sure. So uh, the early scene where we see Scully with her family, there's um, like, that's such a wonderful and great scene. But then there's uh, like her mom looks at her dad and does like the slight yeah. eye thing. Like now's the right. time you got to, we talked about this on the car ride over. You're going to ask. Right. And then you see his reaction. It's like, ah, all right. Okay. How's work. And, she, and then you see Scully's reaction. She's like, ah, oh, it's fine, dad. Right. And, and, and I don't know how X-Files does this, but they seem to do it more than any other series I've seen where there's just like instant history and instant uh, chemistry. Oh yeah. And, and that scene, just like the pilot, like everything just meshed so perfectly, like in the beginning, in the first 30 seconds. Absolutely. And it really sets everything up and it, it makes everything completely believable. And that's another testament to the acting and casting in this episode. I absolutely agree. Uh, so is there anything else you want to add before we give our final scores? No, I think that's it for me. All right. What was your final score? My final score was 83.5 outstanding. All right. Mine was higher than yours, which surprises me. We were so close on so many of those. Um, mine came out to a 95.25, which is actually now tied for my number one episode with the pilot. Wow, that, that sounds about right. I know you really like this episode. It's a it's a really great episode. And I feel like, like I was saying with, with the extra credit stuff, like this episode more than any other, it, like it's the yeah, rebar. It's the I'm going to go with that, with that analogy. The pilot was the foundation. Now we've got some rebar. Let's build a house. Let's build a house. All right. What a great way to end an episode, I guess. Um <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap up our discussion of Season 1, Episode 13, Beyond the Sea. Be sure to subscribe to X-Files on the Grid on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back next Sunday night to talk about Season 1, Episode 14, Gender Bender. Uh, and if you are interested in learning how you can help support Gritty Films, that's going to include the Nitty Gritty Reviews podcast as well as X-Files on the Grid. You can check that out over at patreon.com slash gritty films as gritty films spelled g-r-i-d-d-y films.com and you can find out more information about the grid rating system as well as the x-files on the grid and the uh, gritty films movie review podcast uh, nitty gritty reviews over at grittyfilms.com. that's uh, gonna wrap everything up thank you so much for listening and if you could like this podcast and review it on iTunes. That would be super appreciated and is the best way to get more people listening. Um, so thank you again for listening and we will see you next week.